Focus your heart on the hope of the resurrection with Dr. David Jeremiah's classic book called Season of Hope, a celebration of Easter. You'll receive this timeless work when you make a donation of any amount to Turning Point. And when you give $100 or more, you'll receive a special four-pack so you can share Season of Hope with friends who need encouragement. Request your books and learn more when you visit davidjeremiah.ca. can't read God's Word and not be struck by how much He wants you to grow in knowledge of Him. But knowledge alone isn't enough. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah looks at how God wants you to turn that knowledge into action through the life-changing process known as obedience. To introduce the conclusion of his message, Mental Focus, here's David. Well, in the whole process of becoming like Christ and accepting His gift of everything you need for life and godliness, there's some things you need to know. In a world where knowledge seems to be um, diminishing and uh, not held in very high regard, if you're a Christian, you need to know some things. You need to study the Bible. You need to learn what you can learn. Someone once told me that your relationship with the Bible is a picture of your relationship with Christ. He's giving us his word, and we need to study it, and we need to make ourselves disciples of the one who gave himself for us. That's the mental focus lesson for us in just a moment. But first, if you haven't already done so, let me remind you that during the month of February, we're making available the Mediterranean Sea Rules by Rob Morgan. He writes that we often don't know why God allows storms to disturb our lives, but we have a Savior who knows how to manage these situations and get us through them. Storms are in God's expertise category. And the most vivid description of this is a storm in Scripture in the typhoon that brings the book of Acts to a conclusion. There you have the story of Paul in the midst of a storm, and the lessons you learn from that episode make up the focus of this little gift book called The Mediterranean Sea Rules by our good friend Robert Morgan. When you send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of February, we have a copy of this book ready to send to you to add value to your life as a Christian and to help you grow in your faith and to say thank you. And be sure to ask for the book when you send your gift. Here's Mental Focus number two. So what if you were to pray a prayer like this? Dear Lord, I know you have a plan for my life and I don't know all the details, but I want to follow you, whatever that means. I want to be your disciple. I want to learn all the wonderful lessons you want to teach me. That's where you begin in the learning process of being a disciple. And I want to tell you something. I can't promise you being a disciple is always easy, and I can promise you it's not always fun. But I can tell you it's an adventure you will never forget. When you follow Jesus, he jumps you out of your comfort zone so fast it hurts going on the way out. You never again sit back and think, what a boring, dull life this is. Everything about my life is full of joy and excitement for one reason. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I try to follow him, and he takes me some places I don't necessarily always want to go. But when I get there, I find out what he's up to. And he uses me in ways I could not imagine. So if you're going to be a disciple, you've got to follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, you leave the comfort zone, the shoreline, and you get in line behind the Savior. 
I can't tell you how many people that have been in my church, I only had two churches in these years that I've been preaching, who've come up to me and say, Pastor Jeremiah, I'm quitting my job. What? Yeah, I'm going to school. I'm going to go study. I'm going to seminary. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm to, They walk away from their comfort zone to get in line behind Jesus. And then I check up on them later. I can't imagine how God would ever do that, take them where they go and what they do. And that's the purpose that God has for all of us here. Don't ever, ever get in a situation where you despise learning. Learning is what happens when you follow Jesus. Here's the second thing that happens when you become a disciple. You move from the shoreline to the Savior, and then you move from head knowledge to heart knowledge. In a similar way, discipleship means that we move from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Head knowledge is vitally important. God gave us brains for a reason, and he's got a lot for us to learn. And we learn mentally and intellectually and biblically and doctrinally. We ought to be learning all of the time. But when Peter used the words know and knowledge in his book, he understood it was a very intimate and personal word that sunk its anger deeply into the regions of the heart. The word knowledge in this text is the word that is used to describe the most intimate relationship known to man. So when you hear these words about knowing the Lord Jesus, it's not just about you know about him. Well, just everybody in our country knows who Jesus is, and they know about him. I mean, we celebrate Christmas. Most people have some idea that that's related to Jesus, or Easter. But knowing about somebody and knowing somebody is different. I mean, I know about a lot of people that I don't know. But when you know Jesus, you know him in that personal way. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So the first question is this. If you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be a learner, if knowledge is going to be a part of what you're adding to your faith, you have to make this decision. I will follow you. You begin following Jesus. Here's the second one. I will study you. Knowledge means yearning and saying, I will follow you. But when Peter speaks of knowledge here, he's also talking about learning. Learning something very mindful and thoughtful. In short, the Lord wants us to study him. To study the Lord. Studying the Lord as his disciple feeds your soul and it heals your life and it uplifts and excites you. And each step that you take into his study brings you new knowledge and understanding. Remember, the word disciple literally means learner. And learners study. After Peter and Andrew and the others left their fishing boats to follow Christ, he had a lot to teach them. I mean, they didn't know anything. They were humble at one time even referred to as unlearned men. So they were starting from zero. They were starting from scratch. They listened to his sermons, like the Sermon on the Mount, or the Parables of the Kingdom, and the Olivet Discourse, or the Signs of the Times, the Upper Room Discourse. They listened to all these sermons, and they began to accumulate knowledge about who Jesus was. He preached in the synagogues, and the arguments that he would wage in the temple, these disciples heard it. And they would process that information. And a little by little, they would add knowledge to knowledge and begin to grow. So when you become a disciple, when you become a learner, when you add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge, God teaches you through his book. He does this through the scripture, which is the voice of Jesus. 
And as you read and study the Bible, the Bible should cause you to burn inside because of the precious truth that it is. So let me suggest you a couple of ways that you can do this study. Number one, study the Bible as a textbook. Don't stop there, but start there. Realize that God's Word, the Bible, is His great textbook of truth. Packed with everything you need to know about life. It's a treasure trove of information coming from God Himself. His words to be studied and probed and pondered are right from the mouth of God. It's not possible to add knowledge to your virtue if you never study the Scripture. That's your textbook. I love the way Ezra describes this in Ezra 7.10. It says, Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to teach its statutes in Israel. You've got to prepare your heart and say, Lord God, help me understand what this book is saying. Now, you may not have gone to seminary. You may not have even graduated from college. I don't know any of you or what your background is. I just know that anybody who determines to study the Word of God in a serious way will find a way to make the Word of God a wonderful blessing in their life. You don't learn the Word of God unless you're willing to apply yourself to it. And today, more than ever before in history, we are blessed with resources to help us do that. We have apps and all kinds of things. And, and you know, you've got to do some homework and find out what you're getting into. But many of the Bible study tools that are available to us on the Internet today, we couldn't have possibly dreamed of when I started preaching many years ago. And now God has allowed this technology to come. It's just amazing to me how much there is out there to help us take in the Scripture and learn what it means. And there's still a lot about the Bible that I don't know. I confess that. I've been studying it for many years. But every time I open my Bible, I learn something I did not know before. And you know, <laughs> I'll just give you an illustration of that. In this little passage in Second Peter I was just reading it one day, and I discovered something. And I got so excited about it, I ran into the room where a guy works for me, and I said, hey, look at this. You're not going to believe what I just found. I said, I've read this passage over and over. I said, did you know that the words, these things, are in this passage six times? And I underlined them in my text, and he says, let me see that. And he came over and says, can I take a picture of that? And he got his camera out, and he took a picture of my Bible with all those words underlined. And, of course, I already gave you one of them. If you do these things, you will never stumble. If you go back and look at Second Peter chapter 1, underline every time you see the word these things. These things are all the characteristics that we've been asked to add to our faith. But that little phrase in there hangs that passage together, and it reminded me of some courses I had back in seminary called inductive Bible study where you would open the scripture and you didn't have any commentaries, you just read the scripture and you ask yourself, is there anything in here that's unique? And then all of a sudden you see like all these same words in this little passage, six times in five verses, the same two phrases. And then you begin to make little notes and you begin to learn. And if you want to do that, you can study the Bible. You don't need a commentary. You just need the commentary called the Holy Spirit who lives within your heart. And the Bible says if you'll study the Word of God and ask God to help you understand what you're reading, He will do it and you will come out with truth every day that's life-changing. 
when you contemplate the Lord and you learn about him, it brings a unique healing to your mind. It inspires your thoughts. It helps you to deal with all the negative stuff that you have to go through every day just to get through life. And as your mind is filled with knowledge, your heart is filled with hope. And your spirit is infused with strength and your vision expands to eternity. Well, it's just amazing what happens when you study the Lord. Let me just say to you again, when you study the Lord, that means you're studying the book. Where does Jesus appear? The living word is found in the written word. Listen to this. Do you know what your relationship with Jesus Christ is today? It's about the same as what your relationship is with the Word of God. If you neglect the Word of God and you never open it, you never study it, that means you're like those disciples who followed afar off. <laughs> you know, If you want to know what your relationship with Christ is, ask yourself, what's my relationship with this book? Because your relationship with the living Word will always be close to relationship to the written Word. If you want to know who Christ is, you've got to get in this book. I remember reading something that Ruth Bell Graham wrote. This is really practical, and it's really special. She wrote a book called It's My Turn. I think that meant her husband had been talking all this time, and now she was going to talk, you know. (laughs) She advises everyone in this book to have a desk. And here's what she said. Even if it's merely a piece of plywood stretched across two sawhorses, You need a special place for Bible study that doesn't have to be shared with sewing or letter writing or paying bills. She said, for years, mine was just an old wooden table between an upright chest of drawers and a taller desk. But she said, on this desk, I have collected a number of good translations of the Bible for reference. I have a Bible dictionary. I have a concordance. And I have several devotional books. And I keep notebooks and a mug full of pens And when we were in school, we always kept the notebook handy to take notes on the professor's lecture. How much more important is it to take notes on what God is teaching us? So she goes on to say that if you have to clear off a space for studying your Bible, you're more likely to put it off. But if you have a place where your Bible is always open, then whenever there is a lull in the crazy schedule you may be living, you can go right to that place And you can grab a cup of coffee and sit down for a few moments of refreshment and companionship with the Lord. For Ruth Bell Graham, that's what study the Bible was. Refreshment and companionship. And it can be the same for us. What works for me is to have tools for study in all the places where I'm regularly scheduled to be. Set aside a quiet time to study in each of those locations. When I travel on an airplane... I take a lot of my library with me, and I have this duffel bag that weighs a ton. And I have people help me get it up on the plane. What in the world is in there? Well, there's a computer in there, and there's probably three or four commentaries and a copy of the Scripture, and usually a thesaurus or a dictionary. I carry that with me everywhere I go. When I get in that plane, I shut the whole world out, get my books out, open the table in front of me, and I work on studying the Word of God. At the very least, you can do that. Set aside some time every day, just maybe 10 minutes to start with. I promise you, if you get serious about this, it will end up not being how little time can you spend, but i got to quit this and get to work. Because the Word of God grows on you. And especially when you're going through difficult times. 
As many of you know, I had cancer. And when I went through cancer, I thought I loved the Word of God and needed the Word of God. But when I went through cancer, boy, did I need it. And that's when I began to journal. I have to honestly tell you, ladies, I always thought journaling was for women. <laughs> then I read a book by Gordon MacDonald, and he said in this book that he journaled in his computer. And I thought, that's pretty manly. I'll do it in my computer. <laughs> so I started a journal, and I kept a journal through that whole time I was sick. Every day, I'd spend some time writing in my journal. It usually was like a letter to the Lord. Dear Lord, today this is what's happening. I just had chemo and I'm feeling bad or whatever. And I just talked to the Lord like he was there, only I did it in my journal. And then I would go through the scripture and as I would open the Bible, I had a plan and I would just ask the Lord, help me to find the key verses in this plan that you want me to. And I'd take those verses and type them into my journal. You know, I look back on that time right now and I have those pages. By the way, I'm going to destroy them before I die. I don't want them ever to be published. But um, I look back and I realize what a rich time it was for me to know that God was with me during those days and that his book was so contemporary and so personal. I can honestly say I never read the scripture for any period of time during those days that God didn't give me something to hang my soul on. And that's what got me through it. Let me give you some good news. According to a six-year study conducted by the American Bible Society and the Barna Group, millennials who are born-again practicing Christians have fallen in love with the Bible again. So first of all, study the Bible as a textbook. And then secondly, study the Bible as a survival guide. That's what it is. It's a survival guide. It's a book that will help you Get through what it is you're going through. You know, the Bible teaches us what to do when we're in the midst of a storm. And somebody once told me, you're either in a storm or coming out of a storm or you're about to go into a storm. So get ready to do what you need to do about storms. And the Bible is one of the best tools to help you know what to do. The Bible is the book that's filled with God's promises never to leave us no matter what happens. When you go through the waters, I will be there. When you go through the fire, I will be there. Read the Bible. And when you're in the midst of a storm, it will come to help you. God has given you this book, 66 installments, Genesis to Revelation. Every word written by those who were born along by the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 3, Peter continues exhorting his readers to pour themselves into the Bible. Listen to what he says in this book. He says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds with this reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. In other words, he tells us we're to desire the word of God. You say, well, I'll just wait until I get in trouble. Then I'll be a student of the Word of God. Let me tell you what I've learned. You will take out of your storm primarily what you took in. And the only difference will be you will now understand how it all works. But if you don't take anything into the storm, it'll be hard for you. It'll be hard for you to even know what you should do. So you got to prepare for whatever happens. I hope you don't ever have a storm. I hope you get from the cradle to the grave and you don't have any bumps in your life. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. So what I'm saying to you is the storm's coming. There's going to be a time when you're going to need to hear from God. Just get ready. 
Fill up your memory bank with God's Word. Find out where these passages are. Don't have to memorize them, but at least know where they are. Know if they're in the Old Testament or the New Testament. They're in a lot of special places. The book in the Bible with the most promises is Isaiah. Who would have thought? So all I'm saying to you is, you all are smart people. Use your smart people stuff to find out what the Bible has to say and get acquainted with it. After you say, I will follow you, and I will study you, don't forget to say, I will obey you. Because until we learn to observe what we know, we won't know very much. The Bible says it this way. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship one with another. Do you know how you learn the Bible? Here it is. When God tells you to do something, do it. And when you're in the process of doing it, he'll tell you something else. But if you don't walk into the light, you will never get any more truth. You don't just become a student of the scripture. You become a disciple who studies the word of God, learns the truth, and then obediently walks in the truth. Do what God tells you to do. When you do what God tells you to do, he'll tell you something else. But God isn't going to just load you up for information so you can see how smart you are. He wants you to grow in your relationship with him. And the process of that is the process we know as obedience. We're not to be just hearers of the word of God, but what's the rest of it? Doers. When you become a doer, you grow as a disciple. So when that happens, here's what will happen in your life. First of all, your values will start to change. The more you know about God and his word, the more your life will be changed. Our desires change to reflect eternal priorities. Our behavior habits change. You cannot be in this book seriously without it changing your values. You say, well, why is it that I don't want to do that anymore? I now have fallen in love with Jesus, and when I fall in love with Jesus, some of these things don't fit anymore. They just don't fit in my life. And I could give you illustrations, but I'd miss the one that's important to you. So when you study the Word of God and you get into the Scriptures and you begin to grow in Christ, all of a sudden, that's what the Bible means when it says, when you become a Christian, all things pass away, behold, all things become new. And people come to me and say, I just can't believe I don't want to do that anymore, Pastor. That was so much a part of my life. I don't want to do it anymore because I know it's not pleasing to the Lord. So be prepared to change your values and be prepared to change your vision. That's another thing. When you become a Christian, it changes how you look at everything. And when the Word of God gets into your brain, it gives you a vision to change the world. It shows you how one step at a time to add knowledge to your virtue. And this is the essence of discipleship. I will follow you, I will study you, and I will obey you. Get your Bible, keep it near you. Read something out of it every day. God sent down his written word, the Bible, and his living word, Jesus Christ, to provide you with everything you need. And that's what he says in Second Peter. He says, through the great and precious promises of God, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Men and women, don't be like so many today who run hither and yon from place to place trying to find an answer to why your Christian life isn't working the way you think it should. Because the Bible's already given you everything you need. Find what he's given you in the Bible and start practicing it. And it will save you a lot of gas money. 
It will keep you from frustration when you go there thinking this is it and find out it's not. I can honestly tell you this. If you would take the Word of God and make it your purpose to lavishly pour yourself into it and learn what it says, and even when you get discouraged, don't give up. Keep working at it and make the Bible come alive in your life. You will have everything you need for life and godliness. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to look at personal discipline, another one of the links in the chain that Peter has put together for us in his second letter under the subject of everything you need for life and godliness. Don't forget you can get a copy of the book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules by Rob Morgan. Uh, This uh, beautiful little gift book will take you through that passage in Acts and extrapolate the incredible lessons that are there for all of us when we face the storms of life. It's our way of saying thank you for your gift at Turning Point, and be sure to ask for the book when you send your gift. I'm telling you about the book that we prepared for Easter, like the one we did for Christmas. You know, we had a season of joy for Christmas. This is season of hope, a celebration of Easter. It looks the same, but inside are different contents to help you prepare your heart for Easter. This book is available from Turning Point. You can go to our website and get it. It's also available in bundles so that you can get one for yourself and share others with those you love. Find out more about it at davidjeremiah.org. Be sure to join us tomorrow for the next edition of Turning Point. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We love hearing how God uses Turning Point, so please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules. It offers biblical tools for navigating life's storms, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in the App Store for Turning Point Ministries to access our content. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Everything You Need, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you're searching for more confidence, purpose, and peace in your life, then be sure to request your copy of Dr. David Jeremiah's book called Everything You Need. The good news is that God has already provided everything you need for growth. All you have to do is develop His gifts in your life. This book is yours when you make a donation to Turning Point. And when you give $75 or more, you'll receive the complete set. Visit davidjeremiah.ca for more information. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. The American playwright Samuel Berman said that there are two kinds of people in our lives. There are the people who keep us waiting and the people who have to wait on us. Everyone in life is waiting on someone or something, and Christians are waiting on both. 
They are waiting on the second coming of Christ and the establishment of His kingdom on this earth. The Apostle Peter predicted there would be scoffers in the last days who say that Christians are waiting on nothing, that Jesus isn't going to return. But I'd rather be waiting on Him to return than have Him waiting on me to believe. And this is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's patience on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.